you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erina Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. We really do appreciate them. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get around to some phone calls today. Uh, if not, maybe at the end of the program tomorrow. They're like, tomorrow? I mean, just <laughs> for a second. Let me explain what, what my intent here is. Um, every now and again, there is a report or a survey that comes out or there's uh, curricula that begins circulating. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I feel like it's important for what we do here mm-hmm. um, to kind of do a little bit of a deeper dive take into it. Like we yeah. Just take a little bit of time with mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and we've had a few times where we've had some content where we've just kind of flipped through some of the pages and, and really looked at the data that's being presented uh, one, because I, I really believe that it describes where we are or where we're going. Uh, and then two, I think what's easier is to just look at the highlights and just look at the news stories that emerge from the data. Mm-hmm. So you'll have news stories that will emerge from this CDC data, by the way, that we're going to look at mm-hmm. um, over the course of a couple of days, maybe three. We'll just see. Um, but there will be news stories that will emerge that will do things like highlight what they find important. And I understand that because, excuse me, you you can't read the entire report, um, you know, in any type of arena. You you just can't do that. So parents have to do that themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are, there are, I would say, large swaths of it that you can read and Mm -hmm. that we often do because I think it's important. And this this report from the CDC that is uh, a current event right now, I think is very important. The data that was released last Monday, mm-hmm. uh, February 13th. And so I've taken some time and I've been looking through it. And, and what I thought might be good mm-hmm. is to just look at it kind of section at a time, one section at a time. But also I want to pay attention to um, the, the summary of the report. I want to pay attention to the types of questions that were asked. By the way, this is a report on the the. Well, here's the official name of the the report: Youth Risk Behavior Server. Let me try again: Youth Risk Behavior Survey. Okay, Youth Risk Behavior Survey. And this survey is administered by the CDC every couple years to look at trends, look at what's happening among um, high schoolers, among young people, and um, and the report started in 2011, and so. Not only do I want to look at the sections of this report, and and I, I want to spend some time doing that, and probably over several programs will do it, uh, but I, I want to look at the types of questions that were asked of our young people. I want to look at how the survey was administered. I mm-hmm, think all of this mm-hmm. is very important, and it's very telling. Yeah. The survey itself asserts that 95% of our young people, our kids in America, 95% mm-hmm. of them are spending the vast majority of their time in schools. 
Mm-hmm. So that that becomes sort of the the center for their development. Yes. Not just academically. Right. <clears throat> right. This CDC report actually says that 95 percent of kids in America spend the majority of their time um, in school. OK, that's big. So it, it, it is it is huge. Go when, ahead. When you so when you're reading through the report and when you're talking about the things we're going to talk about. Yes. You got to keep that in mind where a bulk of the time and influence is spent. One hundred percent. Yes. One hundred percent. And so, of course, you know, this is totally in line with what we talk about on a regular basis. I I don't want to necessarily skip to the end of our content for today, but I will tell you this, that as I have been looking at the various sections of the report and looking at the the overall numbers and then kind of reading how all of that breaks down, which is something that I really love to do because I, I, I want to understand the data and not just regurgitate the data to you. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to just say 40% of teens. Like I, I don't, I mean, cause even those numbers, which you'll, you're going to hear some of those today, those numbers are startling um, there. I, I really firmly believe that there is a reason behind the numbers. And mm-hmm. that is the way that I usually pray through content like this when I'm when I'm reading these um, surveys and I'm reading the results I'm I'm asking the Lord to help me discern what this is telling us about where we are and so I got to tell you and this may be a little bit jumping to the end so forgive me that I'll circle back to it at the end um, but just so that we can filter this content I, I think it might be helpful for me to just kind of say where ultimately I'm going to go as I was reading this, um, this information from the CDC and, you know, looking at our teenagers today and what their mental health is, their sexual activity, uh, the, uh, their violence that they may suffer and, and all of this, this information mm-hmm. that really <laughs> I had to keep reminding myself that we're talking about like young people. Yeah. We're talking about kids. Okay. Right. We're talking about children. I had to keep reminding myself that um, as I was praying through, Reading this, reading the report, reading um, how the information was gathered, reading the questions that were asked of these young people, and then looking at not the specific responses, because according to the CDC, the way that the information was gathered uh, sought to maintain the uh, anonymity of those who participated, uh, both of the schools and the kids and, and all of that. And, and you know, it to a certain extent, I suppose you could trust that. I think if if it is absolutely anonymously collected, uh, and and by the way, the means by which it was collected was regular, like bubble sheet. You don't identify your name. There's some questions on there that you answer, and then it is scanned into a computer. So, um, you know, however they maintain the privacy of the kids, and according to the CDC, this information was collected um, after having sought the permission of the parents. So. Uh, of course, that is self-reported by the CDC. Right. Okay. Right. So again, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be dark unnecessarily, but I am very careful with these institutions. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm careful because they have shown that we have to be right. like, you know, it's not, I'm not pulling it out of a hat that we have to be careful. We have to be careful. Um, but if it is accurate that the manner in which the information was collected from this new report, um, then that means that the students at the very least felt that they could be as honest as they were. Okay. So that means that they didn't have to give a better answer because 
my mom might find out Mm -hmm. or my teacher might find out, you know. So if they really felt that way, then they gave honest answers. And if that is the case, then for as much as we say we're in trouble in this country, um, we're in trouble in this country. Okay, we're in trouble in this country. And let me tell you, as I again, as I was looking through this and just asking the Lord to help me understand, uh, help me to to process this information and then just asking questions of the content of the data. What does this suggest? What is this saying about our kids? How can we as parents, Christian parents in particular, how can we be vigilant? And one of the things that continued to kind of uh, come to the forefront of my thinking and even I believe the Holy Spirit was reminding me of scriptures as I was going through the data, okay, mm-hmm. um, that there is a severe identity problem among our children. Now, let me explain to you what I mean when I say that. And again, we're going to get into content. We're going to look at the data. But it is so important for us as Christians to not just consume data. It is so important for us to not just, okay, so give me the nitty gritty of it. Like, let's get down to the bottom. What are the numbers? What are the, what are the, you know, the stats and all of that? And then just kind of walk away shaking our head. As Christians, we actually have a higher call than that, right? Which is to filter what we learn and what we consume through the right knowledge of Jesus Christ. It is to, to filter all of that through a firm conviction that the things that we encounter, the things that we see, okay, are to be spiritually understood. Now, I understand that there are people who think that that's just too much of a heavy lift. I don't want to I don't want to spiritualize everything, Mika. Okay, well, continue on with the results we've been getting and they're worsening. Continue on with the results we've been getting and worsening results. Okay, or we can take a step back and we can say, you know what? Um, What we've been doing is not working. We have allowed the kids to be in charge. Mm -hmm. We have told Mm -hmm. the kids that they could pick whatever identity that they want. We have told the kids that they could find significance in all sorts of other places. And it would appear based on what the CDC is putting out. And and let me tell you, when the CDC is actually admitting that it's bad among certain groups, because they actually go through the various quote unquote identities that the kids were able to choose. Hmm. Okay. And so when the CDC is saying it's actually worse among these who identify as this, like then, then it's really bad. Yeah. Which I, I would say yeah. then it's even worse than what they are saying. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the self-reporting that you can't ignore. Right. And so for the CDC to say we can't ignore it, you know, anyway, go ahead. Well, the great, you had some thoughts on that. No, I'm just listening to what you're saying. And it's, it's sad. Um, Number one, I think, you know, we're talking about the CDC. It's amazing. What's what comes out, you know, from, from this report. Yes. But the group that, you know, and we're going to get into this. I don't want to run ahead, but it's just. No, was, it's good. It but was, go ahead. Draw was, throw out some of the things. That well, I just say it's heart, it was heartbreaking to see, you know, the girls. Yeah. Like, overwhelmingly. It, overwhelmingly affected by these things. And I'm like, man, you know, um, it, it just it's it's so pronounced in this yes. study. And we're going to talk about it. Absolutely. You know, that how it's affecting our girls. And it's like, wow. And I'm thinking about, we have two girls. We have two girls in know, this in age that, group. In that age group. And yeah. it's like their peers are really uh, struggling with these things. And, and, it's, and, and it's amazing. We got to uh, be on guard that our girls are not right. struggling with these things. It, it, it's something that as a parent, I think everybody should take it and, and read it. You know? Absolutely. We can, put, we can put it in the, in the archive notes. So. Oh, that's great. And I think we have to do that. We So so again, we will put a link to the entire uh, CDC survey that we're talking about 
today and likely tomorrow um, so that you can read it for yourself, read it in its entirety if you if you can spare the time. I think if you have kids or grandkids that are part of this generation uh, that we are calling Generation Z, then I I. I don't mean to put yeah, unnecessary yeah. pressure on you, but I feel like you don't have a choice. You should read it. And I, and I tell you, one other thing of hope is that, you know, I'm thinking about what's going on, you know, uh, at Asbury and different places. I'm like, man, yes. let it be so. Let it spread. You know, because yeah. that is the thing that will truly make a difference. Amen. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because that brought me back to the point that I was making mm-hmm. and I didn't follow through with that point. When and, and I want to speak specifically. So looking at the CDC report, this is taking a look at teens in America. OK, so these are these are not necessarily teens, which I. Th- OK, let me streamline my thoughts here. OK, <laughs> so these are not necessarily teens that are coming from Christian homes. OK, so I don't want to paint a picture of some type of failure on the part of Christian parents. These are just teens mm-hmm. surveyed generally. Yeah. OK, so I think that's very important. However, what I am going to do today is I'm going to direct my challenge and my encouragement and my admonition to Christian parents because the only hope and the only remedy for what is in the CDC report is, in fact, not their summary. Come on. The CDC offers (laughs) like three points that they feel like are instructive for parents. Like, so here's what we need to do, which just to let them know because they listen to this program (laughs) and just personify the whole entity. Um, Yeah. People are not here for what you think we should do. Mm. They do. They will read the data. Mm -hmm. They will consume the numbers and say, whoa. And and then, but, but you know, you got to earn the right to be able to say what you think people should do. And when you trample on people's willingness to take you as authoritative by telling them stupid stuff, then you forfeit (laughs) that ability in the future. And by the way, that's what you've done with the American people. So so they're not really interested in what you say they should do. That's one. And then B, I'm just kidding. And then <laughs> <laughs> number two, and then number two is, uh, yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. Like your what your thoughts are, are wrong. And then three, the way we go about achieving what you suggest to me seems to allude to greater control over kids Mm. yep (laughs) away from parental oversight while at the same time you're saying greater parental oversight you just mean parents agreeing with schools and administrators because they know what's best for the children and you're going to understand this will all make sense when we get into this um this report here from the cdc so that's what we're going to spend some time talking about it's very important Aaron the addison's american family radio please stay right there just give me Jesus. Jesus. Just give me Jesus. There's nothing I desire that can't be found in Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and it's Unspoken with Just Give Me Jesus. All right, so we are looking at the CDC's Youth Risk Behavior Survey. Um, it's a lot longer title than that. Data <laughs> Summary and Trends Report. Okay. Um, as they compare information from 2011 to 2021, and uh, as they start in the beginning, they kind of 
give you a summary. And I, I do want to look at the summary because then what we're going to do is break down and look at each of the sections, maybe not each section, but there are a couple in, in particular that we want to highlight, um, mental health and then also sexual activity, at-risk activity. And again, just to remind you, we're talking about teenagers and, you know, okay, so I want to begin by looking at their executive summary just a little bit here, but where I'm going to kind of break and then look at the mental health um, and, and suicidality section of the report is where in the executive summary, they, they begin with their solution or what they think needs to happen. I'm going to pause on that, uh, stopping short of reading that at this point, because I, I will, we will kind of round out the discussion with what the CDC suggests parents and administrators and educators need to do. And um, if I'm being honest, I don't perceive it to be in that order. So <laughs> administrators and t- and teachers and then parents, what we need to do. Uh, I, I don't think that it's instructive for us. Certainly it's not instructive for the body of Christ. It's not instructive for Christians. Um, that is not to say that I do not believe that there are some things that are not, you know, overtly Christian or in, uh, inherently Christian that can still be beneficial. So I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, um, yeah, they don't understand. They can't. They cannot come to the aid of people who are struggling spiritually with anything other than a spiritual response. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about mental health, mm-hmm. and when you're you're talking about what is listed in this report, we are talking about a spiritual condition. That's right for which the only answer is Jesus Christ. Amen. Call me a simpleton all day long, twice on Sundays. I receive (laughs) that. But that is absolutely a fact. Uh, Again, I started saying in the first segment that um, identity is the problem. And it is not, pardon me, it's not being able to choose how you identify. It is, in fact, knowing who you are and understanding who you were designed to be, right? So for us as Christians and parents, you have you have got to press this into the hearts and the minds of your children. Yeah. First of all, they've got to have a clear presentation of the gospel Amen. for your, um, your admonition to even make sense. Because by the oh, way, right. it doesn't make sense if they don't understand the gospel, mm. if they don't understand the condition of man and why man needs a savior, then anything that I'm going to say today and indeed anything that you would say to them falls on deaf ears because as the Bible clearly paints for us through the apostle Paul, that things of the spirit can only be spiritually understood. Mm. So that means that your kids have to be born again. So you, you cannot come to their aid. You cannot remedy some of the ailments that are facing your kids today. If you do not first provide a spiritual response or a spiritual remedy for them, everything else is just putting a bandaid on like an amputation. Right. Like you're just you're just OK. So um, so we'll get into that. But let me let me start with the executive summary just a little bit here. The youth risk behavior survey data summary and trends report. And, and throughout this report, it's going to be referred to as YRBS. So you'll hear me say that just because it's a mouthful to say the whole thing. Right. YRBS is what I'll say um, provides the most recent surveillance data as well as 10 year trends on health behaviors and experiences among high school students in the United States. It's related to adolescent health and well-being. These include sexual behaviors, pardon me, substance abuse or substance use, suicidal thoughts and behavior experiences such as uh, violence and poor mental health, social determinants of health such as unstable housing and protective factors such as school connectedness and parental monitoring. Um, Again, let me just say something here. 
the protective factors that the CDC leads with or the protective factor that the CDC leads with is school connectedness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So just in case people are like, but what does it mean? They're <laughs> saying, they're saying that to come to the aid of our children is to ensure that they feel more connected to the place they spend the most time. School. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that was a breath of fresh air for you or if you felt hopeful, like just wash over you, like just like, oh, yes, I need them more connected to school. Well, great. Problem <laughs> solved. Um, if, if, if you felt that way, then the CDC can can feel satisfied. Right. Because they've done their job. I did not feel that way when I read that and felt. In fact, I felt like that was really tragic, that that's the response, that that's the remedy. Um, why our BS data is collected every two years uh, among a nationally represented sample of U.S. high school students. Uh, maybe when we get near the end of this discussion, I'll talk about how many schools. Well, maybe I can I can throw that in now if I can find it quickly. I tried to uh, I tried to mark all of this so that we could have it and, and be able to talk about it. But um, OK, and I can't find it now. So so when I get my eyes on that, I'll share with you the number of students who participated and the number of schools that participated. But I don't find it easily so i can't do it okay here we go um key findings on trends from 2011 to 2021 so i'm going to start with a summary and then we're going to break down looking at at each of these sections okay and first today up up first is mental health all right unfortunately almost all indicators of health and well-being in this report including protective sexual behaviors and I should have given a disclaimer. If you've got really young kids listening, probably don't let them listen to this because we're going to talk about the sexual activity of of teenagers. And it's just like you would talk about the sexual activity of adults right. who are unsaved. And that's sad. All right. So they look at uh, the behaviors of children, including protective sexual behaviors, that is condom use, sexually transmitted diseases, uh, testing. And uh, IV, HIV testing, their experiences of violence, mental health, and suicidal thoughts and behaviors. Um, and according to the CDC, in all of those areas, it has worsened for kids in America. It has worsened for teens in America. All right. Again, as we saw, this is the CDC report here. As we saw in the 10 years prior to COVID-19, the COVID-19 pandemic, mental health among students overall continues to worsen with more than 40% of high school students feeling so sad or hopeless that they could not engage in their regular activities for at least two weeks during the previous year. A possible indication of the experience of depressive symptoms. We also saw significant increases in the percentage of of youth who seriously considered suicide, made a suicide plan, and attempted suicide. In just a second here, we're going to actually look at the breakdown of some of those numbers. Okay, so... Disparities. Get quick summary here, and then we're going to go into one one section in particular. If you're hanging with me, across almost all measures of substance use, experiences of violence, mental health, and suicidal thoughts and behaviors, female students are faring more poorly than male students. These differences and the rates at which female students are reporting such negative experiences are stark. I have done an entire presentation mm-hmm. on the effects of social media, among yeah. other things, on girls in particular. Yeah. Sexual confusion, identity confusion 
has had a dire effect on girls in particular. And, and there probably are a number of reasons why you could break all of that down. Um, the way that girls are wired, the fact that women are the weaker sex. Mm-hmm. Guys, can I say it again in slow motion? I understand that we live in a time that when people hear me say that, they're like, oh, come on, Miki, women are strong. <laughs> no, the Bible says that women are the weaker sex. Men are designed to be the protector. This is not just physical stature. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that the mental endurance, do you understand that the strength of the mind and the emotions and all of that are designed differently from women? Women tend to be a little more empathetic, a little more, oh, how can we, and, 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 and actually a little more shaped, or let me say it this way, shaped a little more easily than men. Yeah, yeah. Guys, you know that this is true. You mm-hmm. see this dynamic in your own home if you're honest. Let me give you one quick example. When your kids are looking for the path of least resistance, they will go to mom, not dad. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll wait for people to tell me that's not true. Why? Because they know that mom tends to listen a little more empathetically like, oh, okay. And dad is a little more like black and white. Mm-hmm. Dad is a little more like, what? What did we say? What is the rule? Then that's your answer. And then what does the kid do? The kid's like, oh, mom, can you, mom, can you? (laughs) Because even your children understand the differences between how men and women are wired. And so what we see happening in our young girls today is because of the way they are designed. It is because the onslaught of the culture the onslaught of the culture, they are no match for. I don't care how strong you think your kids are. I think, I think my two daughters, I will just say this. I think that my two daughters are some of the strongest young people that I've been around. And I converse with them a lot. I, I spend a lot of time talking to them. And I think that they are some of the strongest people for their age that, I have, that I've been in conversation with. Some of the pushback that I get from them on topics, on conversation, and their, their ability to understand. Mm-hmm. Why am I telling you all of this? I still do not trust that they are ready to just go out in, into the world without the protection of their mom and dad. That's right. And that's wisdom. I mean, just in what you just said, you know, because these girls are being shaped by other girls, by, you know, influencers, quote unquote, you know, on these social media sites and everything. Yes. To, to do these things together, like to, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's amazing to see. Once you understand what you're talking about, the difference between, a man and a woman, and and why this is happening so much so to the girls. I think once we understand that and and admit to that, it's like you'll be able to see better, you know, what you're dealing with. Look, I'm telling you. Look, there are, there are times, and and what you're referring to these the clusters that's happening with the with our girls today. Mm-hmm. What is being called a social contagion? It's always been true that girls tend to be a little bit more easily influenced. Guys, this is not a knock to us. Like I, you know, come on. You know, I think I have a pretty strong personality, mm-hmm. but I recognize even in myself the need, the need, mm-hmm. the need to have the oversight and the direction of Will the Great. Like there are times where there are there are questions asked of me and there are, quote unquote, opportunities that are extended in my direction. And my first thought is, mm, I want to talk to Will about that. I want to see why, because I understand that he's not so emotionally moved by things like everything is not just, oh, that's great. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that's great, you know, and sometimes you you need to recognize that you are susceptible to the oh, that's great. And maybe it's not great. 
-hmm. Maybe it's not great. And I think that's what's happening with our girls. Um, Okay, so turning to this report, I'm looking at the section. um, I went ahead and and printed this out because I'm an active reader. I got to be able to mark and write in margins and things like that. So I'm looking at the section that is uh, mental health and suicidality. And it starts with sort of an overview of the the categories in the section. Mm -hmm. And then it looks at the trends. And then it gives sort of a, are we going in the wrong direction? Uh, has there been a change at all since we started this this survey in 2011? Or are we going in the right direction? And so let me just start kind of giving you a little, their little background here. And then we'll look at some of the numbers. Mental health is measured in the YRBS with one question addressing persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness that affect students' abilities to participate in their daily activities And another question, assessing poor mental health during the last or the past 30 days. YRBS also includes four questions on suicidal thoughts and behaviors, seriously considering suicide, making suicide plans, attempting suicide, and being medically treated for a suicide attempt. Okay, so in this first section, um, the percentage of high school students who said that they experienced persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness in 2011 that was 28%. In 2011, that was 28%. In 2021, we're up to 42%. Mm. Persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness. Now, this next question, the experience of poor mental health, they really couldn't establish a trend because 2021 is the first year that they're asking this question. Have they experienced poor mental health? So we don't have any data from 2011, 2013, 15, 17, and by the way, you know, it's every two years, 2019, but in 2021, it's at 29%. So we're going to have to wait another couple, another couple of years before we can see where those numbers uh, go. All right. Seriously considered attempting suicide. Seriously considered attempting suicide. In 2011, 16% of high school students seriously considered attempting suicide. In 2021, 22%. 22%. So five, five students, like one in five. I mean, do, do we like, is that a, is that a problem for us? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Is, is it, is it a problem that you've got 20 students out of 100 in a room? Like consider your youth group, mm. consider your youth group. I just want to like make, make the numbers, you know, so you got a hundred students gathered on like say a Wednesday night, <clears throat> Or Friday night for a good hangout. If you got a hundred students, then the numbers suggest that twenty of those students, twenty-two, okay, but just trying to make it even for you here, at least twenty of those students seriously considered taking his or her own life. All right, uh, made a suicide plan. Hmm. Now remember, these high school kids are polled. They are asked these questions, among other questions, to establish sort of like, okay, overall, here are the numbers. Here, So, are made a suicide plan in 2011, 13%. In 2021, 18%. In 2021, 18% of high schoolers have made a suicide plan. Wow. In 2011, the number of high schoolers who attempted suicide was at 8%. In 2021, it's at 10%. Now, no significant change was observed in the area of high schoolers who were injured as a result of an attempted suicide, attempted suicide act. So that was at 2% in 2011 and then 2021, it was at 3%. So the CDC says 
that's not really a significant change. All right, we got to grab the break. We'll pick up on the other side. Stay right there. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Triple E, gave it all. All right, so during the break, we're talking about the CDC's um, youth. Oh, my goodness, it's such a long, hold on. <laughs> you I just do the, the YRBS. Yeah. Youth Risk Behavior Survey. Okay, <laughs> Youth Risk Behavior Survey uh, that came out last Monday. And I mentioned uh, getting my eyes on the number of questionnaires that were filled out. So according to the CDC, for the 2021 National YRBS Survey, there were 17,508 questionnaires that were completed in 152 schools ac- across this country. When they accounted for missing data and inconsistencies, the total number of questionnaires that they were able to use for the purpose of these the these data these data, because data is plural, that we're talking about, um, was 17,232 questionnaires. Um, anyway, I, we are looking at now the mental health portion of this, of this survey and talking about some of the, the discoveries that were made as far as where our young people are in this country mentally. And we already know this, actually. We've, we've talked about this um, to some extent on this program before, but I think having these kinds of numbers is really startling and it's it's worth it's worth kind of drilling down into it. Okay, so in twenty twenty one, according to the CDC here, um, in twenty twenty one, female students, LGBTQ plus students, and students who had any same sex partners were more likely than their peers to experience poor mental health and suicidal thoughts and behaviors. Mm-hmm. Now <clears throat> What we were told is that if we were supportive and if we celebrated with people, right. if we carved out spaces, right. then then we would decrease these numbers. Right. We were told that our kids were unhappy mm-hmm. and depressed and anxious because we were not supportive. Right. So now here we are um, at the height in some ways of what we consider supportive and yet the numbers are worse than they were when we were unsupportive. Right. Okay. I just want, cause here's something else that I was looking at over the weekend. I was looking at the corporate equality index. I kind of periodically want to check and see. So where's the human rights campaign saying that, that quote unquote, we are in America because I think when people are congratulating themselves, it's very telling of where uh, corporations and companies are even if those companies try to keep things hush-hush because they don't want to alienate certain parts, which that's not for many of the companies. Many of the companies are like, no, we're with them. We bleed rainbow. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, and, and so what I'm saying when I'm saying that they are self-congratulating is that they are looking at the corporate equality index and saying that, wow, we have made such huge strides in this country. We are certainly not where we were when we started uh, polling companies 20 years ago. And you can see this even in schools. I know we're not talking about companies today, but you can see this push trickling down even into schools, right? right? Where everything is about celebrating what is considered rainbow issues. And look at the results. 
Look at the results. It's a disaster. It's a, it's disaster. a disaster. And because the Bible is true and God is wise. Like, yes. you know, so you go against what, what the word of God says, you're going to have all types of confusion. You can try to spin it as much as you want that, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to help that you celebrate this stuff. But when the results come out, because we know the word of God is true, this, these are the results that we have, that there is a high risk of suicide, uh, you know, they're unhappy mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, why not uh, uh, just say, hey, the word of God is true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Because... Truth has an annoying way of ever coming to the surface. Yes. In fact, that's that's kind of what is characterizing the theme um, when when we travel and, and we're speaking and presenting to parents on these topics and looking at what's going on with our kids. There usually seems to be like sort of an emerging theme. Um, and, and it seems that for for this year, one of the things that I find undeniable is that truth does float. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter how much people try to press it down. The Bible says that we suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That's what evil men do. They mm-hmm. suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And it indicates to me that there's got to be ongoing behavior that you can't. The behavior has to be maintained. Right. The unrighteousness has to be maintained so that you are not bothered by truth. In order to suppress the truth, there's got to be unrighteous behavior. So our kids, not only are they surrounded by unrighteous behavior, they are encouraged to participate in unrighteous behavior. Mm -hmm. And why? Because the enemy understands that in order to suppress the truth, there has to be unrighteous behavior. (laughs) And still, and still, with all of that, what are we learning? We are learning that truth continues to kind of buoy up to the surface Truth continues to kind of like <laughs> it's right there. You, you can't outrun it. You can't ignore it. And so how is that manifesting in our kids? Depression and anxiety right. and suicide ideation. Why? Because the self that I've been told I could have still does not satisfy me. Mm. Because I know in the deepest part of who I really am that what I'm saying on the surface is a lie. I right. know that. Right. And so, so when you try to disconnect those things, which God didn't design us that way, Right. When you try to disconnect those things, you end up frustrated. And that's what we're seeing in our kids. Back to the CDC report here. So, again, um, what we just said here. <clears throat> nearly 60% of female students and nearly 70% of LGBTQ plus students experience persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness. 10% of female students and more than 20% of LGBTQ plus students attempted suicide. Mm. Now, when you when you look at the graphs on this, mm-hmm. right, and you start to kind of compare some of the numbers, the persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness, mm-hmm. the highest percentage of the, the persistent feelings, the highest percentages, I should say, come from those who in the category of sexual identity mm-hmm. identify as LGBTQ plus. It sits yep. at 69 percent. Sixty nine percent compared to those who, when polled, OK, when when surveyed by the CDC anonymously, bubble in Scantron, number two pencil, pass it in. OK, those who identified as heterosexual among this group, 35 percent said they had persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Those who identified as LGBTQ plus. And by the way, and for the for the sake of how 
there's some there are some technical notes in this report that I think are really important. I'm going to have to get to that at another time. But let me just say this. So for any student who didn't respond that he or she was male or female. Mm-hmm. OK, so if the if the student said other questioning, you know, in, anything else, <laughs> then they went into the category of LGBTQ plus. Right. So so. To, to say this in a way that I because I want to be intellectually fair, mm-hmm. um, the number of students who were put in the category of LGBTQ plus is probably not accurate mm-hmm. because if they didn't just say that they were male or female, if even if they said questioning, mm-hmm. then they were LGBTQ plus. Mm-hmm. OK, so that's right. that's how this survey worked. And I think that's important to understand. Yeah. However, be that as it may. Right. The number still suggests that anyone in this category, mm-hmm. okay, the rate of hopelessness or feeling hopeless mm-hmm. or feeling sad was like astronomically higher than those who were heterosexual. And All the right, thing, the, go ahead. Just real quick, the thing is, it's evident to us because they're going against God's design. Like yes. you will not be happy, quote unquote, happy or, you There's know, no way. Or, or have hope. You know, when when we look at the Bible and it says in Genesis 1, 26, 27, how God created, you know, male and female mm-hmm. in his image. But then, you know, in Romans chapter one, we Come see on. this. You just talked about suppress the truth in unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them. Come on. For God made it evident yes. to them. So they're yes. going against what's evident. So they cannot be happy. They cannot be full of hope. Because they are going against how God has made them. Amen. And and I'm going to tell you, I think that now we're we are um, we're at the tipping point. And I, I want to be very careful here because there there was a sustained period in our country, and 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 indeed we we may still be in this period of time in our country where parents believe that the well-meaning thing to do is to affirm. Mm-hmm. And I want to be very careful because this is not, I, I, I don't want to suggest that at all parents who affirmed their kids in this lie didn't love them. Mm-hmm. I believe those parents were deceived. Very deceived. Yes. And, and, and I believe those parents were not subsisting on God's word. When you subsist, mm-hmm. when, when, when you are nourished by what the culture is feeding you, then that is destruction, okay? But when you are nourished by God's word, when you subsist on God's word, then you are not taken hostage by this culture. You are not given over to this culture. So I want to say this. I believe now that for those of us who have said, no, do not affirm sin. It Mm -hmm. is sin. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that, by the way, sticking with Romans 1, the Bible says that. But then, too, when you look at the effects and the consequences of affirming the lies our kids believe, we can see that we're actually harming them, that we are not helping them. Right. So what I'm strongly suggesting here is that we have reached the point where and and I I believe that we have been here for a long time, but I'm trying to be generous in -hmm. the way that I communicate this. It is undeniable that the parents or the grandparents who will affirm the lie because they believe that that is loving. The evidence overwhelmingly says 
actually know. Right. It is unloving to affirm the lie. Now, look, those of us who abide in God's word already knew that. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean to sound, you know, condescending to those who are like, but Mika, we already knew that, right? But what I am trying to do is I'm trying to be generous. I'm trying to be gracious here. I'm trying to be charitable with our brothers and sisters who were deceived Mm -hmm. and who sought paths of least resistance Mm -hmm. because the culture said this is the path. Right. Okay. So what I'm saying, though, now, here's what I'm saying. Not even the culture can hide the dire consequences of rejecting truth. And these consequences are coming in real time. You said this before. It's not like years and years and years and years later. Like, we're seeing these things come to pass now. They're the consequences of believing the lie. Yes, Yes. And and here in real time, here it is. In, in real time. time. You're not getting you're not getting generations down the line. Right. You're not you're not waiting. You're you're, you're saying it in real time. In like, real time. Which shows that it's more egregious than people believe or realize. Yeah. Again, in this category, persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness among those who um identify themselves themselves as having sexual contact with people of the opposite sex, opposite sex partners, which by the way this survey asks all of those questions of the high schoolers Mm. and the high schoolers are reporting data as if they don't live in your house. And when you read the data, you're going where Mm. who's keeping up with these kids, which by the way, the CDC also wondered. So the CDC also looked to parental oversight. The CDC actually asked the high schoolers, about their parental oversight. Do your parents generally know where you are and with whom you're hanging out? Do, can they give an account for that? And the high schoolers answered. And you have to keep listening because we'll go through it and we'll look and they break it down by race and ethnicity, gender, sex, all of that, sexual orientation, however they call it. They break it all down, the answers that they got on those questions. And I'll, I'll just tell you, there is one particular group that reported having the most parental oversight that their parents knew where they were and with whom they were hang, hanging out. Okay. One particular ethnic group overwhelmingly that their parents were involved and knew where they were at any given time and, and the people that they were with. And you want to take one guess what group that was? Okay. I'll tell you the Asians, mm-hmm. the Asians. All right. Put that in a category with, okay, hmm, what is, <laughs> Yeah. Interestingly enough, the the lowest percentage on here, those who reported persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness at only 35 percent is the lowest uh, percentage. It was the Asians, Mm -hmm. the Asian students. And and, and I got to tell you, as you work your way through this report, there's an interesting observation that can be made for a lot of. Oh, my goodness. Are we done? Oh, my goodness. Okay, I totally (laughs) lost track of time. There's some interesting observations that can be made in a lot of these areas where there's concern. The Asian students who are answering these questions are their numbers are really low in the areas of concern. I don't I don't know what you do with that. I may offer some commentary on what I do with that by comparison to the other ethnic groups 
and how other groups identify and all of that. The bottom line, and we're not done, we're going to work our way through this. The bottom line here is that I see that there is a theme that our kids do not know who they are. Mm. They do not know what has been secured for them in Jesus. So the result of that is all kinds of confusion. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.